Hey everybody, welcome back to Advanced Kayak Angler. Appreciate y'all listening or watching. Uh, watching. Uh, this week with me, I have the host, other host of Kayak Bass and Beers, Armando Salah. What's up, dude? How you doing, buddy? All right. Doing good, man. Yeah. I've got a lot of stuff going on in my life, so got a yeah. watch today. Ooh, look at that thing. Anniversary yeah. gift? What was that all No, it was with, it's, wasn't it? It's not anything crazy. Just a citizen uh, chronograph, but. It's nice. I, I needed a new watch for work. The um, I bought with some tournament winnings from tournament before last. You've I got six doing a weekend. lot of that, Leslie. Six plays. That's not bad, yeah. man. Yeah, it was okay. And it didn't help the year. I can smell it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of there's a lot of trophies stacked up back there. You just can't see them. Yeah, doing good. It's, uh, my goal this year was I'm fishing three trails to win three AOIs. That's not going to happen. I'll be lucky to get one, but one would be great. So I'm still in contention for all three, but yeah, it'd be tough. So the trifecta. I'd be happy. Triple with crown. It. It'd be a triple crown winner. It'd be like secretary yeah. or. In... Yeah. That... Yeah. The Kentucky. The yeah. Something like that. So uh, you were at ICAST, man. How was that? Pretty good, man. I liked it. Um, you know, got the. Uh, Make new friends, see old faces, and uh, reacquaint with some of the good people that I've known throughout the year. So that's what I love about ICAST, man. More than anything, it's just being able to, you know, say hi to to people that you know we we love and respect in this space, but hardly get a chance to see them, even on tournaments. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 pretty awesome, man. I liked it. I enjoy it. So, so like, what I've never been, I you know. My vacation time with the kid and the family, it's its tough. It's just never have enough vacation time and fishing tournaments and all that. Like how, like, like how much of your time is, did you have to stay with Douglas or sponsor commitments versus just kind of being out? Like, I, I guess I just don't know how it would be like walking around there. I know how it is going to the Bassmaster Classic or, going to a big you know something like that um like a trade not a trade show but a a show you know you go to a different show with different booths it's kind of the same is it just the same vibe yeah pretty much i mean it's a little bit of a different vibe in the sense for example the bassmaster classic their showroom there there's a lot of tourists involved you know a lot of yeah. People visiting and you people know with their people, buckets. even people that don't really fish, they just like they see this big event and they want to take their kids and all that. Um, so there's a lot of people trying to sell stuff and stuff like that, you know, because you you want to get your money's worth what you're selling over there. It's more about connections. So there, I mean, and I'm glad you asked because there's a lot of stigma around, you know, and you see it on social media posts and all that about oh, I cast overrated, blah blah blah. I think. There's a misconception of what ICAST is. ICAST, and it's been going on, I think it's the American Association of Fishing, something like that. And it's been going on for like, what I've heard, like a few decades now. And I don't think it was called ICAST always. But anyways, it's it's a trade show. There's There are some companies that might sell some stuff. They get some buyers. But it's mainly more about their showcasing their products, especially if they have new products, trying to get dealers, trying to partner up with, other companies and distribution centers and all that. And that's what they're trying to do. And then on the social media side of things, there's a lot of content creators 
that go out there to create content, um, to shake hands with maybe companies they want to partner up with. Um, I'm not in the upper echelon of, you know, of content creators like that Brandon Mays from that Bass Fishing dude, um, Alex Rod, who was there. You know, they're obviously, they some of them get paid by the companies they're sponsored to go over there, you know, and attract people because of their, you know, their reach. I'm not at that level. I just go out, try to see what companies I like, maybe shake hands, know a little bit about their product. But more than anything, I do it because, A, I don't have to pay the entry. Douglas pays it for me. As far as what I have to do for Douglas, I just go over there, shoot a couple of videos, put it on my social media, um, and then, you know, talk to the owners, talk to Fred Contai, who's the designer, Kevin Johnson, who, who's the uh, uh, head of the sales department, and some of the guys that have been working with Douglas. And then I don't really have to stick around. I stick around a bit to kind of like help help them out when there's a crowd coming up. But other than that, I'm just walking around trying to, you know, reacquaint with some of, of the friends that I love and respect, get to talk to them. And then just, you know, going out there and doing kind of being a little tourist about it, just checking out what stuff they are. Maybe grab a uh, record a couple of videos of something that interests me and we'll talk about it. I think I got as of right now. Well, we're recording by the time this comes out, I might have a couple of more. But right now I have the um, the Nessie. I got uh, yeah, the Berkeley Nessie. First look at the Nessie Berkeley and the Dangerous or Sal Dangerous. The Mafia. Those are good, man. We'll talk about that. Yeah. But yeah, man, there's like I say, like I suggested for the title, the good, the bad and the ugly about ICAST. We can we can talk about the products, but not just that the experience and you know what what we love about iCast or what I personally love about iCast and what I'm not a big fan of iCast, which honestly there's not much to like. So yeah. So while while you're at not it, tell like everybody it, yeah. about Douglas's new kind of budget friendly line of rods. That that's so that yeah. their big thing this year, right? Yeah. So they're releasing them um this year. And one of the things that I, I respect and one of the things that I'm proud to be a partner of Douglas Rod is because I know the owner. I know these general manager, uh, the manager for sales. I know some of the guys. I know Fred Contai, which is the rod designer. He's the one who, the mastermind behind this, you know, this building, this rods. Um, and he's very, very finicky and particular about the quality of the rods. For example, these rods were supposed to be um, released last year. But when they got um, the rods... They were like, no, this is not, you know, this is not quite, Fred said, this is not quite what I wanted. This is not. So, I mean, that cost them money to move yeah. that back. And they're like, if this is not ready, if this is not what I want, this is, for, you mean, from Fred's standpoint, this is not going out. So they delayed it to this year. And I think they're coming out in December, but they got the four prototypes of, of the, the rods. Um, it's based on the, I think it's six of them, based on the best-selling LRS and X-Matrix rod. They're $99, um, and they're really good rods. Now, obviously, I haven't tried them yet. I just saw them on iCast, but, yeah. I mean, they feel pretty light for the price point, um, and they feel they feel good. They don't feel like cheap rods, but they're going to be around $99 price point. And that's, I mean, that's yeah. generally what you, you sh- can, ex- I mean, when you're looking at a good all-around rod 
or a good entry level rod, I mean, generally that's the price you're gonna see. You can have some yeah. for thirty five, forty five dollars, but you know they're not great. This yeah, ones are gonna be great for entry it's level. It's really not till you hit a hundred bucks to where they're, you know, they're decent rods. Yeah, and one of the things I like about them is, so to me, when I started kayak fishing or just got into bass fishing in general and i started diving in into like oh there's you know that rabbit hole of what rod goes with what and it took me like it took me a minute to to kind of grasp my head around what's the difference between action and uh, you know and power and weight yeah, yeah power weight you know, to me, I couldn't understand it. And I watch video, I watch Fluke Master videos. Not his fault that I couldn't understand. <laughs> and my dumb ass couldn't understand what he was saying. I watched um, Wired to Fish. What was the name of those guys um, that I love uh, that do? I forgot their names. Matt Allen with Tactical Bass. Yeah, Tactical Bass. Yeah, that <laughs> those guys. But I couldn't get it. And now, after a few years, no, I mean, it didn't take me a few years. But now looking back at it, it's like, man, why didn't I get it so quickly? But I understand that for new anglers that are just getting into the sport in general, not just yeah. kayak fishing, I mean, it's, it can be a little bit overwhelming. So what I love about the rods is, you know, every rod has, for the most part, standard is they have, you know, a code, you know, or a legend, you know, um, you know, M for medium, F for fast, and then you got... The, the first number, the first two numbers is going to be the length. You know, if it's seven foot, it'll say seven. If it's seven and a half, it'll say seven five. And then the next number is going to be the act, the, I think the action. No, the weight and then the action. You know, if it's a, if it's uh heavy, it's going to be a, a five. If it's medium heavy, it's going to be a four and so on and so forth. Same thing with the action five fast or extra fast i think you know it keeps going down so now it has that explanation so it has those numbers big bold codes and the explanation and then the drawing and the also in words of what is best used for this rod so if you're gonna if you're looking for a baits, jigs, you know worms, yeah, yeah yeah exactly frogging rod all that it'll tell you and not only will it tell you but it'll also explain you know, in just by looking at the numbers and the legend of the numbers. So now, even if you don't buy a Douglas rod, you buy another rod that you like, you already kind of understand. And it, you know, it's one thing to watch and other things to see it and hold it. And you feel like, okay, this is what it should feel like. So I'm excited about that. I should be getting those rods uh, a little bit before they start uh, releasing them, trying them out and making some videos out of it. But yeah, cool. that's one of the good products I'm like, I'm looking yeah. forward to. I will say something that I, a question that everybody always has, like I've had people say, do a show on getting sponsors. I did that whenever I was on paddling fan. I'll, I'll probably do another one, but I can say something that you said that I found to be absolutely true. There is, unless you're on a level to where they're paying you, there is really no point in having a sponsor or a partner or whatever you want to call it unless you have a personal relationship like that's really the only thing that matters to me like unless you just you you know you want to fill up your jersey put a bunch of stickers on the side of the boat if that makes you feel good man have at it i'm not putting that down do what you want to do 
But to me, I've drawn back to where like all four companies that I, you know, that I feel like I'm, I do the best I can, you know, from, because I don't do it full time. The, you know, like the relationships are the only thing that matters. I know like if I had to give any advice for somebody that's just getting into it is just wait. Like, unless you have a person, like it would be better to have a sponsor who's a local guy who you're going to get to know and know his baits and see how you can really help him. That's so much more important and to grow with them than it is to try to reach out to some big companies just to try to get a 30% discount and you'll never know them. You'll only be there for a certain amount of time. You know, like I, I did that myself and it was a mistake that I made like a couple of companies I was with and not and they're great products. I'm not putting them down. But unless you have a personal relationship with those people, there's no reason to do it because it it just it feels hollow. You're not really giving them good return. You don't feel like you're really a part of something. It's just not worth doing. So I, I think a lot of times people search for sponsors and without that personal relationship like you have with yeah. Douglas, it's just not it's it's not satisfying. So. Just thought I'd throw that in there since you said it. I, I no, and, it. and that's true. And I said it on my podcast, you know, meeting Fred Contai, the rod designer, and hear him talk about bass fishing uh, and hearing and just being on the booth with him and watching all these people, you know, well-known people in the bass fishing industry come up to him and talk to him and and him explaining why he designed this rod this way and all that. Because some of the, some of it designed, for some people, it might be a little bit out there. Like, mm, that's not what I would use it for. But I mean, he's so good at explaining why. And that gives me confidence in what I'm buying. It's great. Yeah. It's not G Loomis, but in my opinion, this is some of the best rods out there. And I know that because I've tried them and I, and I get to talk to the guy who's designing them and I can see how very, you know, he's very, again, very finicky about, you know, the, the, the rod design and the quality of it. And I've been meaning to have Fred. I'm hopefully uh, I'll have him on my show in a few weeks. But yeah, and and going before, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole because I know we want to talk about iCast. But one of the things is this is kind of related to iCast. You know, my I go to iCast a because Douglas pays for my for my entry to iCast. My I got tons of friends and family in Orlando, like a bunch of them. So I got more than enough places I stay without having to pay for an Airbnb a hotel. And my lifelong friend who I grew up with, shout out to Javier and his wife. Oh, they're going to have a baby in December. So um, I, I love that guy like a brother. You know, as soon as I get, he'll pick me up at the airport. He says, take my car. Don't worry about it. Um, so I don't have to pay for anything other than the parking lot and whatever I'm going to have for lunch. So to me, it doesn't really cost anything. So that's why I do it. Now, if, People are interested in going to ICAST. It's not like you're going to go over there and you're going to leave with five or ten uh, sponsors. You know, that's not going to happen. You're going to go out there. You're going to meet. It's 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 a slow process. You're going to meet people. They get to meet you. Owners of companies, uh, marketing directors get to meet you. They get to put a face to the name. Um, and maybe somewhere along the lines, they'll you know, your social media will come up in their feed and they'll remember and maybe something comes along the way. But if your expectation is going to go out there and you're going to come to sponsors, that's not going to happen. Now, granted, 
Um, they are guys like I met uh, Brandon Mace, that bass fishing dude. Uh, follow him on Instagram, YouTube, um, and Facebook. You know, I was talking to him, and there were companies pulling him to the side. It's like, hey, we want you on our team. And he's out there maybe, you know, having that conversation of cutting deals. Yeah. But I think people need to understand, for you to get to that level, you have to have somewhere. And this is not a hard set number, but, you know, you have to have somewhere around 50,000 followers on Instagram. Just give an example. And then like, and another 50,000, you know, on on Facebook. You have to have something along the lines of your social media around almost 100,000 followers across all your social media platforms with actual engagements, like people commenting on your videos, people liking your videos, not just the views. That's what companies look for. So if you're at that level, that probably, you know, make it easier to find sponsors. You and I are not yeah. that level. We just, I just go out there because I have fun with it. Man. Uh, I have 300 <laughs> subscribers on YouTube. I'm, I'm well, there you go. Close. My bad. Brush your shoulder. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for YouTube <laughs> to send me one of them plaque things. I'd be like, the 500's got to be like paper. You we'll, know? Pro we'll probably, probably get uh, the version, the, Acting version of the Rassies, you know, the Rassies yeah. they give it to the worst like movies it. with actors. That's what we probably would get. Yeah. All right. So let's talk more about iCast, man. So what do you want to start with? The good, let's, the bad, or the ugly? Let's start with the start with the worst. Let's start with the bad. Um, the bad, okay. So for people that are maybe tuning in here for the first time, I'm just gonna talk about freshwater fishing you know there's a lot of salt water and yeah. all other, a bunch of other stuff in iCast that I got to see but honestly this is not what the podcast is about and that's not usually what I do so I'm not going to talk about those I'm going to talk specifically about bass fishing freshwater fishing and kayak fishing so um a couple of things that you said the worst yeah the the bad the bad I would say um you know, I, I hate, I'm not a hater. I'm just going to give my honest opinion on this. No, you're a hater. Uh, and it's, this is a great company. Yak Attack is a wonderful company. I'm, I'm, I'll say it between Yak Agent and Yak Attack. Those are by far the two best companies in making accessories yeah. for your kayak and for, especially Yak Attack really has great accessories to mount your, you know, your GoPros and your phones and all that. There's another a few other companies. So Yak Attack to me is top of the line, along with Jack Guy, which I love as well. I checked out the leaderboard, which is their version of a hawk throb or a catch board. I was thoroughly disappointed with that. I, I'll be honest with you. And I I got there on Thursday. By the time one of the first booths that I went to see is the Yak Attack booth, because I really wanted to check out that board. There's a couple of nice things about the board. The board is, you know, it'll I can see how judges would love that board because they're a lot, they're a lot wider. Um, they do have those little like the call movers, yeah. Yeah, call movers that you can, you know, mark like, what's your either yeah, your two yeah, biggest like, bass or your two smallest yeah. bass, so you know what to call and all that. Mm -hmm. Which to me is so, also the like the built-in, I really like the built-in uh, tournament ID, how that goes. Yeah, that's I always cool. have a problem how mine sits 
like it folds over weird on the board and yeah, like it's, it's a hassle. So I like that too. So the thing about uh, those coal markers, you have to be careful though, because if you have that, you put the back on the board. And remember when we're in a kayak, everything's, it's just beautiful chaos. Yeah. That board, even if you put it somewhere, even if you have a hold, when you grab it, you might actually accidentally move those coal markers. So I'm not big on the coal markers yeah. because you know, they're e- they can be easily moved. You can be laying down your rod and you, you know, you brush the your, your seat with the coal marker or or the butt of your rod, and all of a sudden you move them. Now you can't remember. If so, I'm not a big fan of, of those coal markers. I can see the practicality of it, but in practice, if in, when I say put it in, in practice, not practice practicing for fishing when you're on a you tournament trust it yeah you you have to be careful because you're gonna bet you know you, you know how it is the, the yeah. fish is gonna flop on the board he's gonna move it, there's a lot of things that are gonna affect that so now i love like you said the the id holder i love that too what i didn't like about it so when i got there there were a bunch of signs just surrounding the board do not touch do not touch you know it looked like four or five signs all across all around the display. I'm like, what is this? A shrine? Like the Holy Grail? You can't touch it. Um, oops, sorry. My hold on. Oh boy. Technically. My headphone cable came off. All right. So um, and there was everybody was busy. So I I I would like, I don't care. I'm gonna grab it and look at it. Yeah. And first of all, I can see why they had all those signs. It's because this is Thursday, this open on you know, on Tuesday, well, actually, it opened, Tuesday was the pond. Wednesday, they open up for uh, the displays, the booths inside. So I'm assuming it got dropped a couple of times. That thing was dented. That thing was cracked. And I'm like, if this is dented and cracked just because it's on the display, people yeah. grabbing it and looking at it and drop them, this is not going to be very durable. I'll be honestly, I'll be shocked. Unless there's changes to that, but I'll be shocked to see either Hobie or Bassmaster Kayak Series uh, approve those boards for competition. I don't see it happening. Not the way it is. And and again, I love Yak Attack. They're they're top of the line as far as making um, ac- uh, kayak accessories. But the leaderboard. I mean, I know it's a prototype, but that's if that's what you're bringing and that's what I'm going to have to judge it by, I'm going to tell you right now, that thing is not good. Again, dented, cracked, and those cold markers. So it got dented in the cold markers. When I, when at least when I was grabbing it, I couldn't move the cold markers. Like I have, like, I was like, yeah, this is not moving easily, which is good in the sense that it won't move easily. But still, I was like, I don't know if there's a trick to this, but it, I get the feeling somebody dropped it, dented, and now those cold markers are not moving. So I'm not a fan of it, but everything else, Yak Attack, I'm fan of, but oh, not yeah. that one. And I, I just had, you know, I'm with Yak Gadget, but I, you can't not have some Yak Attack stuff. I just had an issue where my light went bad, and they sent me a new one. It could not have been under warranty, and I told them that, and I was ready to buy a new one, and they sent me something. So no shade on Yak Yak Attack because they're, you know, they're top show in our in our space. So yeah, for sure. Um, my bad was my biggest thing with a lot of the releases I saw were, uh, just stealing ideas. Like I I find it, 
like I I paid good money, really expensive, to buy the um, the OSP Dolib Dolib Beaver. Like I've been throwing those for years on a free rig, or I've used them as a jig trailer and different things. And whenever the new Rapala, I see the new Rapala Jacob Wheeler line come out, and it's the same exact bait because, and they call I think they call it the Bronco. It's because how it moves, it's got a very special action different than any other bait like it's so different and i want even if they sell it for half price here like it it just like this year like it seems every year there's a small step up and companies just stealing baits like it and this year it just seemed like a new level of here's a new bait we man we worked really hard to develop this this is a new bait. You need this. It's going to be great. And you know, it's the same bait that you've been using for years that you've seen. They've been making in Japan. There's a bunch of other examples of this. It's just like, I, I get, you can't copyright a bait because they make a 10 per, I think it's 10%, 15% change in something. Yeah. You know, they move a couple of things a little bit different. There's no reason to spend all the money on a patent 10,000 or however much it is to have a patent on something that might make a 10% change and then it's a different bait. So it's so hard in our, in the fishing industry to patent something. It just doesn't make fiscal sense to do it. And I get that, but man, have some self-respect for what you're doing. Like how can you be a professional in, in your job and just know and then have to sell, go out there and hawk a bait that, you know, you stole, you like, you put that damn thing in a copier. Hey, Bob, this is what I want. Here it is. You know, hey, man, I just want that doe live beaver. And I'm not just picking on Rapala because they came out with a whole new line of soft plastics. And I know that in fishing, it's always incremental changes. Like, I get that. I get the argument. But man, whenever you're just straight copying something so close, obviously close. It's a, uh, you know, it's, it's it's just pretty shameful in, in my eyes. So, yeah, I did not. That was my least. I wish I could have been there, but that was my least favorite part of Highcast. Yeah, I mean, that happens a lot, you know, and you see it a lot with the bladed jig baits, you know, the yeah. unquote chatter baits, you know. Uh, I, you know, that's, I, I just don't like going down that rabbit hole. Now, I do respect what you're saying. I'm not saying you're yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, there's so many of that going on. To yeah. me, listen, if if you broke a patent rule, then I'm, I'll call you out. I'll call you out on my podcast. It's like, hey, this company is just broke a law, you know, patent law or whatever. Um, That shouldn't happen. And we shouldn't accept it. You know, they, I personally call it out. Now, if there's no patent on it, if then... Honestly, man, that's what are you going to do? Because a lot of times I think somebody has a design and it's going through the trials of releasing it. And there may be a company, a bigger company that has the, the ability to say, hey, you know what? I can hold back this product and make sure it's working right. And then you get another company that steals the design and then just releases it before. And a lot of people say, oh, oh this company, 
um, stole that idea from that other company that released it first. Well, a lot, I'm not saying it happens all the time, but there are, I've no cases of like, no, the, the one who released it last was actually the original one. The other one just kind of stole the idea because there's a lot of pilferage going on. There's a lot of pirating going on in that. Yeah. And they just really like, screw it. We'll just release it first. And, and you know, and so there, I don't know what goes on where. So to me, listen, did those? if somebody broke the law on that one, I'll call it out. But if there's no, if there's there, just people whining that, you know, like, yeah. hey, I can't, it's at the end of the day, we are all companies that are imitating something that already exists. And that's the actual food that the bass eat. You know, like we're going to complain about a company says like, oh, they build a, you know, a fish style swim bait. Well, guess what? They're imitating a fish. <laughs> so like, <laughs> yeah. I know it, it may be a stupid argument, but to me now, if you're going to release something that has already been released, show me something that at least tells me, hey, you improved on it. Yeah, it, exactly. If you're if it's an incremental change and you're improving on it and you're making it better, not just making you're barely around 10% different around the patent, like on at the Strike King range tail, the flange is at the bottom, at the very bottom of the tail. The way companies get around that to have because that kicking action, Rage has that patented. They move the flange up not on the end of the bait, but they move it like an eighth of an inch off the end of the bait. So now it's like the end of the tail. And then just above that, that's where they'll have the flange, you know, the part that kicks that's out yeah. from it. And that's how they get around it. So you can't patent these things. So it's, it's all wrong, but whenever you do it and it's not a change, it's just your version of it. And it's so dang close. Like it's, they they absolutely stole the OSP do live be do live beaver. They just did. It's the only one with that, the only thing on the market with that kind of action. The only one, and they they um they just took the dang thing. It's that's that's crazy to me. I get if it's an incremental change, but that is not what that was, and they did not improve on it. Maybe maybe they would also say, well, it's like going from a Yamamoto Senko to a yum dinger where it's not quite as it doesn't tear up as quick. So they're going to make a different density or different filler in the plastic to where it's more durable. Uh, is that like, you know, is that that big of a change that it may, it's going to make it a different bait where it's a actual incremental change to make it better. No, not really. So that, that one, that specific example was just like over the line for me. You know, there's a lot of examples of that, though. So it's yeah. it's just sad or that's how we're and rather than pushing innovation, they they try to push sales by taking somebody else's idea and not really changing it in a positive way. It's it just sucks. Yeah, I know. I can see that. I didn't go to the Rapala booth. I didn't uh, review any or, you know, got any first look on theirs. I got I had a little bit of time last year. I went all days and out my my ankles and knee were hurting spidey and so bad yeah. for the walking and standing this year. I just did a day and a half. So um, yeah, I didn't get to see all of it, but talking about a little bit about that. Cause I know a lot of, I seen a lot of social media posts saying that the Berkeley's the Nessie is a, you know, a knockoff of some 
uh, yeah, Japan they, bait yeah. or something like that. And they, they even made a comment on it. Like they made a yeah, post they went, it. they they went, they went, oh. they went on his, on 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 their social media and complained about it. What I do think the the Nessie does bring is it brings that hook keeper that and that little so how do I explain it? And for those that are listening or watching, you can check it out on my on my YouTube channel. Uh, but Alex Rod is you know explaining it, but it really is a the treble hook goes on the bottom, it has a little notch where the the one of the three treble hooks is you know it's inside the bait. the bait. And a little holder that holds the treble hook like close to the bait, so it's not just jumping around. So when the fish hits it, you know, the it, when you throw it out there and all that, that hook is not just you know just wailing about. So it gives you, I guess, a better hook ratio, and it also avoids not avoids, but less chance of getting hung up. Um, I thought the it's a glider. So the Nessie, for those that don't know, I love that one. That is a glide soft plastic glide bait. And I think that's really something that we haven't seen in a while. So a lot of times we get stagnant, like you said, on, you know, like what else is going to be new around here? You know, we've had seamen come up last year with the Hellraiser. I haven't seen anybody throwing it. It may be a great bait, but it looks like it's not catching on. So there are some out there, but they're not having the success. Yeah. At least all it's the so good before. people aren't talking about it. Yeah. So to have a soft plastic glide bait, to me, it's like, okay, it's still a glide bait, but that's something different. And Alice was explaining on that. It comes in three different sizes. I think it's nine inch, six inch, or seven inch and six inch, one of those two. And a smaller, I think, three inch or five inch. Um, so what's great about it is you can skip it under dock easily because it's soft plastic. And that to me is that that's another level because how many times can you really, you know, skip a, I mean, there may be some great anglers out there with great talent that could skip a, a glide blade under a dock or a low hanging branch, but 99% of us mortals, we can't do it. But with that, I mean, that is a great presentation. That's something that bass, you know, that are hiding under docks and branches, they don't get to see a lot. You know, they'll see a, uh, a chatterbait, they'll see a soft plastic, they'll see a single get, getting skipped in, but glided bait, I mean, they don't see much of that. So that that is a good bait that I'm looking forward to get my hands on. Um, so the Nessie, that was a good one. I really like that one. So that was your good? That's my good. There's a couple of other ones we can touch on. If Yeah, go ahead. The other one that I really thought, and again, you know, the swim bait game is kind of gotten out of hand now. It's kind of become like a cult now. Yeah. Um, and there's everybody trying to outdo everybody. What I really like. Oh, one thing I have to mention about the Nessie too. It has like a little like uh, fins around the side. So I love glide bits, But one thing with glide bits is they tend to roll over a little bit when you twitch them. That one stayed straight. So when you twitch them, I haven't tried it, but going by what Alex Ross is saying, yeah. you know, it just stays straight. And that's going to be a big difference. But going back to the, the swim bait. So Boss Mafia partnered up with uh, Chris Saldane. All of us in the bass fishing kind of know Chris Saldane. Yeah. Uh, by the way, he has a great uh, podcast too. A bilge, yeah. Yeah, bilge. 
Um, he designed a swim bait, and now this to me is where when we're talking about knockoff, this is not mm-hmm. a knockoff. Chris Saldane, I think, nailed it with this. All credit to this guy. Because this swim bait, I mean, it has some features that I absolutely love. And I think that it's going to, it's it it takes that soft plastic swim bait, not jointed swim bait, that soft plastic swim bait to another level. So what it has is, first of all, it has like a flat bottom. You know, like you see the huddle stones, right? Um, that's more like a thin. So when it goes on the bottom, it tends to like, you know, slide or just lay on its side. And, you know, that tends to, when it's going over a branch or something, when you're reeling it in, it tends to get snagged because it just kind of rolls over when it goes through something. This one, first of all, the weight is in the middle of the bait. So it falls down straight. <clears throat> And it lays on the bottom straight. It does not roll over. From what I've been doing, again, I haven't tried it. I've seen yeah. the videos. I saw the design. I have um, some. I've thrown them. I've only thrown the, I haven't thrown the harness version. <laughs> I've only thrown the freestyle, like, you know, where you have to put your own hook in there. Yes. Yeah. So the, this one, so that's the other thing, Ralph. It stays, you know, sitting on the bottom, standing, not standing up, but just straight, you know, it doesn't roll over. So it goes better through cover. The other thing, like you mentioned, it has, so the hook, you can use any hook you prefer, as long as it's straight check, not the offset, you know, Texas rig hooks. And, you know, as long as you get the right size and it's going to be, so you thread the line through the middle of the, you know, going from, from the mouth of the fish to the, to the midsection um and then you uh it goes through and then you tie your favorite hook um and it goes into and then you pull the line and the hook is not just going into the bait but it's sitting wedge on a little channel where it's designed to hold your hook firm and if you're asking what's the big deal about it well when you get a big bite think about it when you get this a big bass hitting up on a big swim bait, you know, five, six, nine inch swim bait. Most swim bait, especially with that weight, and especially if the weight is on the top of it uh, or the front of it, when that thing shakes, when the bass shakes off his head, that thing can come off easily yeah. because it has this, you know, half ounce, yeah. uh, even an ounce weight just kind of like pulling and thrashing on the opposite of what the hook is trying to do. And it just you know, they're able to spit it out. So this one, what happens is when you get a big bite and that bass starts, you know, opening its mouth and just shaking his head, the bait kind of releases, from, stays on the line, but it's not attached to the hook. So the bait will go up the line, similar to when you throw a, like a Senko, you know, Texas Ridge Senko, <clears throat> you see it, you, or or actually a Wacky Rigs, but example, you get that bass just like shaking his head and you see that single go up the line mm-hmm. um same thing so now the bait is not attached to the hook it's just free you know riding up and down the line and i think you know from what i was explained and it makes sense you know that's gonna give you a so much better um hook set ratio 
And, and you can use your favorite hook. Sometimes you're like, you know what? I don't like that hook. And so I know people say like, oh, I don't buy the huddle stones because I don't like their hooks. Okay, well, now you can buy whatever hook you want as long as it fits and you use whatever brand you have, you know, and you can pick your hook. I like so, it. I think that's, I think uh, Saldane uh, nailed it with that one. I'm really impressed by that one. Cool. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that oh my my good or oh I was um clearing my throat. Oh. You have anything that you liked uh that you saw at least on social media or yeah, I um you know I think it's a little bit controversial, but I I really like the uh the old town EPDL. Like I've had both a predator and a big water, and that's such a fantastic boat. I have a Hobie now, um, super fast, not a lot of storage room, but to me, like I, I thought about for the longest time, just putting a motor on there and I went through everything of trying to innovate a sportsman. They sold like a, a deal where he, and Jake Harshman put on there and I had even talked to him about it, like putting that on there. But then it was a problem because locally until this year, you couldn't use a motor in events. So I didn't want to have to swap out rudders and just doing it seemed like such a big hassle. I'm not the most, most DIY person. I was a little bit concerned about the installation of it. So I, I didn't want to put a motor on the back. I didn't want to put one on the front because it's, it's not quite to me. It's not stable enough to have a motor on front, especially being a heavier guy. So, but that EPDL, the battery goes in the hatch behind the seat. So it didn't, that's that hatch is pretty much useless anyways i had like some like a box with some toilet paper and stuff in there so it was like you really can't get to it during the day so it's not useful so it's a great compartment for a battery i don't know i do wonder if you want to since it's it's a 36 volt 20 which is supposed to be enough for full speed on five for three hours or yep. all day on four. So it should be enough power, which five is supposed to be five miles per hour. And that's fast. Um, with a 20 amp battery. I wonder, I never saw a video of how it sits into the housing, like how it's strapped down. So I don't know if you can upgrade to a larger battery. Also don't wish, I wish it didn't come with a battery so I could put my own battery in there rather than having to buy an amped 20 36 but you, it's included the app the yeah, battery is included, included you rather you rather they lower the price and let me buy my own battery kind of thing. yeah oh for sure right. yeah absolutely um and i wonder how big of a because that compartment isn't very big i wonder how big of a battery you can put in there and maybe that's why they only did a 20 because you know like z pro they sell a 50 a 20 i think a 30 and a 50 i wonder if you could get a 50 in there because then you could run on five and going five miles an hour is really quick. I just really like the full integration of battery motor and you can pedal. It just, to me, it seems like such an awesome setup. You didn't lose any space at all. Like none under the seat, which I was worried they were going to put the battery there. They put in the compartment, the on the drive, you still get the dry storage on there, which was, I love that thing. Same way as in my Hobie, 
you know, how you have the compartment in front of you. I love that same way on the old town, not as big, but still super functional. And then they made the tank well in the back bigger so it can accommodate a bigger crate, which was kind of a problem before I had to have the smaller yak gadget crate with feet. Like it, it didn't work as well as what I wanted it to, but now they made the tank well bigger. So like literally every problem I had with that kayak, they solved. And I just, I really like it. You know, that it was, I, I would, the price is steep for sure. Yeah. I think $6,000. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a Hobie. Like what's, what's a camo PA 14, 180. It's like, like 5,500. Yeah. 5,500. Yeah. So you get a battery and a motor. So it's, it's not like, I get that the price is high, but it's not crazy high compared yeah. to motoring and putting everything on there. So what, like, let's say what a thousand dollars. If you consider like, Hey, you put a PA 14 yeah. motor on it. It's like, it's going to be yeah. now. How, how expensive is the uh, sportsman autopilot? I'd have no idea. I don't know. See, I, and, that's, and that's cheaper than the yeah. That's that's what you have to compare it to. Like I don't think so. Not at, not the way I fish. And I had somebody say that I posted some. Somebody said something about it. I'm and look I it said, up while you two keep talking. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, like I liked it, and they were like, "But why would you spend a thousand twelve like twelve hundred more to get that rather than the autopilot? Autopilot where I fish here in Alabama, you have to be able to fish." all different kinds of water, like go as far up a Creek as you can, big water rivers. You're fishing a little bit of everything. You cannot do that in an autopilot. It just isn't. And not that it isn't a great boat. It just, if I were on the great lakes, if I only fish big water, if I were only a lake guy an autopilot would be amazing. But for me, it doesn't work because I can't have, like I have a Creek boat and I have a motor slash pedal boat. I can't, I don't have the space in my garage for a third kayak or the money to want to spend to do it. So I have to have a very a versatile boat. And maybe if you live in a place where it's not an issue, an autopilot your deal, even though it's slower, maybe that's your thing. That's fine. I get the stability of it. But I even being heavier, I literally, I really thought that that kayak was very, very stable. I, I think it kind of gets a bad rap on stability. It, I do get that some people complain that the the steering angle because the pedal is even to maybe a tad higher than what your let what your hips sit. I get that that's for some people is a problem. So for some people that takes them out, but I really it never bothered me. Or if it did, it was just a hair. And now with a motor, it would never bother me. And I I love the speed of that kayak. You know, yeah. I think sometimes it, it's really nice. Uh, this is the last thing I'll say. It's really nice to not have a kayak that you can bring everything. If I bring eight, if if I'm bringing more than eight rods, I'm not. I'm going to suck. It's just how it is. Like sometimes I bring twelve, and that's fine. If it's like offshore slash bank, you know, if I'm doing a little bit of everything, maybe twelve rods. I don't want to, but I know if I'm bringing eight or less, like I'm, I'm really focused, and I'm really going to fish well so i don't necessarily over time over the years i'm starting to realize that a little bit less is more for me yep. and the way i fish 
So, yeah, the autopilot is a fantastic boat depending on the water you're fishing. It just doesn't work for how I fish. Well, and, and here's the interesting part. Now, let's this is from a marketing standpoint. This is not on the PDL, but what's interesting is Old Town has the Sportman Pilot, mm -hmm. which is $4,850. The PDL, EPDL now that's going to so come out, is, yeah. it's, yeah, $1,100 more for something that is not an upgrade on everything. Because I'll say this, it's not an upgrade as far as it doesn't have that spot lock that the Sportman does. So that's, you see, it's going to be interesting what happens with the with with uh old town with this because now you're offering what a lot of people will consider because think about the people that are going to buy a motor you know mm -hmm. you think about okay drew gregory one one of the best anglers out there um he does the skinny waters you know there's a lot of like drew angler style kayak, uh, kayak anglers out there that are fishing tournaments that are not going to be interested in a motor because that's not how they fish. So they're going to interested. So the ones that are interested in motors are typically that style of motor. Now, I know like Jeff Little and even Drew Gregory does pack a motor on the back, but that's just to get they have to nowadays going back. Yeah, to yeah that's just to that get to did. their spot, right? Once they're in their yeah. spot, it's just paddle. Um, this is not that type of kayak. So five miles per hour is pretty decent, but the other thing is, like, anglers that are going to want a motor, that style motor, are going to want to fish big water. And if you're going to fish big water, now you're sacrificing the spot lock technology the, the autopilot brings. So it's like, I mean, are there anglers out there that make a ton of money and want to have both? I'm sure there's going to be a few out there that you're going to see they're going to have both of them. Um, but it's going to be interesting how this is going to affect um old town in the sense that you know it's not like bonafide so bonafide has a bunch of and, and I'm, i want to talk about the skiff uh 117 that came out but bonafide has a lot of niche kayaks you see the river 119 yeah. that got released the skiff is very similar to it and you think why would you bring like that's such a niche niche yeah. why would you bring it but it doesn't cost them a lot of money because it's just in the molding. We're talking about now bringing in batteries. The technology now, Old Town is uh, owned by the parent company, Johnson & Johnson. So, you know, there is that. Johnson you know, Outdoor. They, yeah. they, Johnson Outdoor, not Johnson & Johnson. I'm sorry. They don't make babies. <laughs> they don't make two dips. But so they have deep pockets. So they, you know, they have deeper pockets in Bonafide. That's for sure. But I don't know. This is like these are two very expensive kayaks that are that you know that I don't know why you would pay that. Like if I'm paying that, listen, I'm going with the autopilot. Um, yeah. that in my opinion, because if I want to fish skinny water, if I'm gonna be, if I'm gonna be hitting the banks, I'm not gonna spend six thousand dollars on a pedal assist, and and I'm not knocking it. I'm. Yeah. Old Town is, if not the best kayak company out there, it sure is in the top two. Yeah. You know? oh yeah. 
I, and I don't mean to start any bait on it. For all I'm saying, it's one of, if not the best kayak company. So I'm not yeah, questioning I, I, their quality. I'm not when, questioning their quality. You know, when, whenever, I, whenever KBF when, was having their uh, their debate on, you know, the bracket on which ones which, I said my comment was who which, won by the win. Uh, or old I, don't, I honestly don't even know. And I, I know AJ, AJ didn't like my comment was that Hobie has a better flagship and Old Town has a better lineup. Like that's how that's how I feel about it. I think if you're, mm. you know, if you're really, I'm I'm not trying to make an argument and get into that. I'm just I'm they just have saying, two like, the Outback and the PA. Other than that, I'm not interested in what they have, like the Compass and the other ones. Yeah, not. yeah, me neither. If, if, if yeah, I, I, God, dog, there's a rabbit hole. Yeah, I don't want to get it. They just don't have like a creek drag boat, like just a basic paddle creek boat that I could buy. If I did years ago, not not they had, had that they had had me, especially now after saying that. Like I, I would, you know, maybe I would have tried to have been on the Hobie team or something. But it's they don't not a good a... time to be on the Hobie team right now. I'm telling you that right now. Uh, well, yeah, you know, they're going through a lot of changes. Yeah. But they, but they don't have a, to me, in the way where I fish, they don't have a full lineup. They just, they just don't. Like, luckily I'm with a shop that has both Hobie and Jackson. I can have a Hobie and have a Jackson paddle kayak. That's, that works for me. But Hobie doesn't have a full lineup. Even though I take my PA into the most ridiculous places. And that's my favorite thing about it is those, you know, the flippers. I can, I can take that dude through grass, through bed, everywhere. Yeah. yeah. But that's another thing in the EPDL, my shop doesn't have Old Town, so I, you know, I won't be getting one. But it also paddles very well. It's a great paddling boat. So even though you can't get through grass as easy, whenever you do need to paddle, it's very easy to do it because it's a great paddling boat. So um, yeah, for, other- I, I need ver- I, I need verse more versatility in my boat than an autopilot allows. That's why that's never even been an option for me because yeah. it, it just wouldn't work yeah the dpdl is better all around kayak i yeah. think mm-hmm. um but again it's i don't know we'll see what happens to me i understand it like to me i i do a lot of mountain well i haven't done it lately i want to get back into it but it's been so freaking hot in texas i do a lot of mountain biking i've never understood the those mountain bikes that is an e-bike. For, to me, it's about doing exercise. How do you go mountain the, bike in Texas? There ain't no damn mountains. There's there's some parks over. There's some hills. Like I'm not going to call like Austin. Those. I'm not. Yeah. No, there's some there's some parks. There's some hill areas over here. They have some nice parks. Okay. Um, but um, it's nothing like Zion yeah. or uh, Moab in Utah. Yeah. Those I've been there mountain biking. Those are exceptional. But anyways, going back to the point. Like I wouldn't, I don't understand the point of an e-bike, for especially for mountain bike because it's like the whole thing is to conquer the course and do exercise. So why am I cheating in that way? Now for fishing, it's different because this is hey competitive. I want to get from point A to point B. I don't want to get tired. I want to get there faster. So I am more. I mean, I wouldn't. Do the e-pedal, but I would be more inclined to do an e-pedal than to do an e-bike kind of thing because yeah. it's different. I'm not kayak fishing for the exercise. I'm kayak fishing because I want to get bass and what's going to help me get bass. So, but it's interesting to see like where it's going to go because it's a lot. It's not like it's the same price point as yeah. the autopilot. And I just don't see creek guys going saying, 
hey, I'm not going to, I wouldn't buy uh, uh, an autopilot because it's now high fish. I'm going to buy an e-pedal. Really, it's it, not that you can't take it, but it's not the type of boat that you're going to take for creek fishing or river fishing anyways. I mean, it might work. It might work. But it's not like realistically, it's not the ideal tool for that. But but neither is my PA. But that's what I have to use. I know, but yeah, but that's what I'm saying. If you're gonna go to like, if you know, for me, I'm one of the things that I'm starting to do, and, and we've seen this movement a lot. And we had that podcast and it's gone viral about it. You know, like there's a lot of kayak anglers now, including myself, that are saying, you know, I started humbly with the cheapest kayak i can find with a paddle and learn how to kayak fish and all of a sudden now i have a pa 360 and i love it i'm going to keep it but there's a part of me that's saying i want to go back to those creek and rivers that i fished so i'm going to have kind of like what alex rod is doing and other uh, content creators are doing even tournament anglers are doing i want to have too if i have that i'm if i already have a big water kayak well guess what I'm not going to the EPDL to go to a creek to fish. I mean, I might use it, but I'm going with something a lot cheaper that's going to be, not only is it going to be cheaper, but it's going to be better for that style of fishing. So why would you pay something more for something that's not going to do the okay. best, be, better job than a bona fide or even the Crescent Sholey? And on the other hand, if you have those creek anglers and river anglers that are going to want to, hey, I want to do a little bit of big water fishing. Well, guess what? I can either pay $6,000 for the EPDL if I'm going big water, or I can save myself $1,100 and get uh, the autopilot with spot lock technology, which is a lot better for big waters. So I I don't see the niche there, but I'm not saying it's not quality. It's Yeah, it's it's my, they hit my niche. Yeah, they hit your niche. Yeah, Is your niche worth six thousand dollars? That's what the question. Well, yeah, but it's it's still cheaper than what a Hobie is with a motor and a battery. But like that's not your niche, though. No, it, it it it's exactly like if if I could have a Hobie PA with my battery and a motor, or if I were buying it again with the EPDL or the Hobie with the battery and the motor and the new port. I don't know which one because the 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 old town would be a lot cheaper than going that route. I might would probably go with the old town. I mean, realistically, but and and I, I hear what you're saying, but like it depends again, it depends on you have to choose which kind of water you want to fish. Like I fish the lake and then I'll go back into the creeks as far as I can sometimes. And then I come back out and fish out and I'm fishing a little bit of everything whenever one day. And then I have a light Creek boat that I can actually like get down a hill. Although somebody's one of my guys is going to text me after us and say, Dan, you'll never do it. You bought that Creek boat and then you'll never do it. But yeah, I, I want a light Creek boat. Like I could have got the Kusa X, but I didn't do that because I don't want like a motor Creek boat because I do that. I find I do that with my Hobie. I do it pretty well. And then my Creek boat is the ultralight throw and go. I can carry, you know, in the woods or actually drag over shoals and not be too heavy. It depends on the kind of water you fish. The EPDL hit me nail on the head. I love that kayak. 
you know so it's a nice that, kayak it yeah i mean for, i didn't try it but for me it's great it, yeah, if no. it's if it's the water i fish i know and i and again i'm not hating on it old yeah. town's one of the best companies i don't have oh, yeah, town, for, but i know it's for, one of the companies and i think the epdl is nice my point is it's interesting that they brought that out you know yeah. it's, it's, that, it's in that in between that's that in it, between the other thing I, is, we, we can we can definitely both agree that it's a smaller market. Yeah, but I I think that this is the first foray or the first step into a pedal motor that they're going to do because because they have the rudder on the back. I can they're going to put he already uh, Ryan Lilly with uh, Alex Rodriguez Alex Alex yeah. yeah I can't ever say his name the uh, which you know watches YouTube they're fun. Yeah, but the, I got like, to see him uh, did this, this time when I cast. Hey, he guy. already said, Ryan Lilly, Old Town head guy, he already said that he's going to, they're going to put into a 120, they're going to put into a 106. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. So, yeah. They, so they, might, they, they might just do with this from now on and remove yeah. the deal. Like, I, I think seriously that if, this is my perspective, that Old Town has, for me, Old Town has missed the mark where, Right now, the big water PDL is their top of the line. Well, the EPDL now, but that's their flagship. That's the best one to me. The 120, although more basic, if they pimp that out and they turned it into more of a tournament rig and they put some more thought into how it's laid out, that to me, for a kayak tournament angler, is probably the better boat. It's clear, it's like a Titan, but better to me. Predator, do they still have their predator? Their predator. Well, the predator is the big yeah. water now. Yeah, it's the same thing. Uh, no, with a different, a a different floor mat and seat. That's all yeah. they. That's because I had the predator, and the next year the big water. It was the, the same predator. thing with a different seat and a different um, cushion on the floor. Deck Which pad. one do you have? The predator. Predator. Yeah. Predator. Predator. Yeah. Alabama uh-huh. Stank kicking in, buddy. Yeah, pred, the Predator. <laughs> I'm a Preds fan, man. We, we say Nashville Preds. We say Predators. All right. But yeah, EPDL. And I'll say yeah. the one the one I thought was ugly, I'll just go ahead and say it was that round pizza boat. That's stupid. That's just stupid. Yeah, that's I, stupid. Didn't, I didn't even mention it. It's just ugly. It, it's, But, I mean, it's. I don't even know why that was there. Like, there's no market for that. Like, that's not. that wasn't even for fishing, was it? I didn't even look. I don't know. It's like that Trident thing last year. No, that Trident thing was junk. I'm sorry. Yeah, I with don't the disrespect paddle. whoever. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure yeah. whoever, you know, got the idea is a great person. And all that. I don't. I'm not nah, judging man, that person. I'm asshole. not. But it's. Nah, I'm not gonna say that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know him. I don't. I don't even know who it is. Could be standing yeah. right in front of me. I don't know who it is. I just going just by the Trident. Nothing personal. Get There's a bad out. Google review. Somebody owns one. Listening yeah. to this. Dan, I, that guy talking about my Trident. He doesn't know what he was talking about. Probably says Predator. Predator. Well. Predator. Predator. <laughs> Anyways, it's going off the rails. Um, but the, I wanted to talk also about the uh, Native Slayer, Max. No, Titan um, X. Titan X. I'm sorry. The Titan X. That, I, dude, let me ask you this. Do any, Well, I know Hobie doesn't, but of uh, this Bassmaster allowed two motors on the kayak no just one right just one yeah. just one whenever they and it'll at some point and i'm not just saying bassmaster it could be hobie too at some point they're going to allow two motors which to me is too much but whenever that happens let me tell you something that titan x 
that is a fishing machine. I know a lot of people give it, uh, you know, throw eggs in it because it supposedly lets water into the hole or, you know, where your feet are inside. Um, I don't, it lets, I don't know. It lets water into the hole. Yeah, I so had a Titan. It's what it does. I, it does. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Titan. I think they did a lot of great stuff to it. You did not fix the Achilles heel of that boat. Well, how, how does it get so much water in it? Like, it to me, I was amazed when I got my PAE. Even the Outback. Like, dude, I would be, there. no water goes into the, yeah. the hole. Not, not even through the scupper holes. Because I came from okay, so I came from the my first kayak was the Ascent 12T, and then I and that was you know full of water all the time. But yeah. I thought it was you know I thought it was normal. It's a kayak, it has copper holes. When I went to the outback, I'm like, how is there no water inside the hole? Like not inside the hole, top of the hole, I should say. And the BA 14 even better. Like yeah, that's dry as a bone. Like how? I'm like I, to me, I was amazed with that. I was like, this defies science for me. So what is the problem with native that they because it's a big barge? Mm-hmm. How is it? Is the water coming up the scupper holes? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, the water line is is above the water line of a fully loaded Titan. The water line is above the scuppers. So it doesn't the water doesn't go down. There will always be water on the deck. And the absolute least they could do would do self-draining scuppers. You know, like Old Town does, and if yeah, you to buy get those water, ridges going down and stuff like that. Yeah, if you buy a big water, they're going to give you self-draining scuppers with it. It's included; it comes with it. It's it. That's a problem. And on the back of the steering disc, look, the Titan is a great boat. They did a lot of great stuff to it, but to me, and I've had one. The whenever the water, there are two holes that your drive cables, your steering cables go into your hole. They are round holes and the steering disc is a cup. It's a cup. Water goes in the cup. It fills up. Water goes into the holes, into the holes and goes into the hole. Your hole will have water. If you did not, if there's still water on the deck, whenever it's loaded and you did not fix your drive system, your steering system, you have not fixed the Achilles heels of that boat. Look, I like the people at at that company. I like a lot of people on the team. I think it can be a great boat. It's it's in a league of its own. Yeah, no, it's it's a barge, it's a fishing yeah. machine with the with the trolling motor on the front and the, the drive is over. Yeah, there's a lot of I loved I loved the old seat. It was so big and there's a lot of great if if that's the kind of kayak you want, that's a great kayak. It's a big barge of a boat. If that's what you're into, no problem. My buddy Chuck had one. He won a lot of tournaments in it. It's a great boat for sure. But man, how are you going to come out with a new version and not fix the problems of the old version? That's that's absolutely crazy. You see, I didn't know that. I just, you know, just yeah. reading me, just looking at memes and reading comments on the group chats and, and, so, and all oh, that. It'll be, oh, you're not loading the weight correctly. Maybe you've got too much weight in the back and you need to move more weight to the front or to, whatever, man. But we, we can agree to disagree. Your boat's wet. That's, yeah. you know, and Especially to me, this is the thing. If you pay that much for kayak, you shouldn't have to worry about those things. If I'm not worried, if those things don't happen to a kayak that's half the price of that, it shouldn't happen to you. 
Like I, I know you added other things, but you know, there's yeah. give and take, but there shouldn't be that many take <laughs> or give in this case. There, um, there is there is no reasonable person in this world that will get an old town 120 PDL alongside a 12 foot Titan being fishing each one for a day and not think the old town is a better boat. It's, it's just facts. I'm sorry. It's faster. The drive has storage. I mean, it, there's a hundred different reasons you could say the old town's better. It's dry. No hole will ever get in the hatch. It's dependable. Parts are easy to get, which was a problem I had. I can go on and on. Look, the Titan is a good boat. The old town, old town, and my shop doesn't even sell old town, so it's not like I'm on the old town train. The one one twenty PDL is a better boat. I've had. I went from one to the other. I I can tell you that's a better boat. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, native. If you want to fix that problem, you can't tell people to go buy that boat whenever the damn thing can sink. I'm 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 sorry. You can't. You you just it's it's not it's not responsible for me to tell somebody. Hey man, that's that's a reasonable boat. You could have that boat and you would be perfectly fine with that. You can't because the thing holds water. Sorry. I I, I, sh I know I shouldn't say all that. I'm not trying no, to back you, the brand. Hey, but they they should have fixed. It's that. a podcast. We have we yeah, have the responsibility to share care. our opinions. I've always said that. I I get. They should have fixed it. I get sick and tired of, of this, and I'm going to go on a tangent here, of people just being soft about what we say. Listen, here in this podcast, we don't insult anybody. We don't attack anybody's character or anything like that. We say things that we believe, and for the most part, are things that are relevant to the kayak fishing community. We don't and I have experience in yeah. both of them. It's not and, like I'm just And we do research. Yeah. Whenever we do a podcast about something, we do research on it. And we try to put everybody's opinion on it. Even sometimes, like that podcast we did, you know, you and I are not creek fishermen, but yet we were like, okay, well, let's talk about this. Yeah. You know, let, let's give their point. Of, let's get their point of view on this podcast and have, and you know, and bring it out there. So I, you know, people get soft about things. Listen, if I get it when people are just trying to be outlandish and insulting and attacking other people's characters. That's why what we do, it's it's not what we do here. We express our opinions yeah. respect and in a, in a respectful way. And if you're offended by that, sorry, I don't know what to tell you because nobody's here insulting anybody. We're just giving our opinion. Um, but on that note, um, so the native, you know, I thought it's, it's, it's a great, aside from that, because I've never fished it, you know, going yeah. for what I see, it's going to be, I mean, whenever, not if, but whenever they allow two motors for kayak tournaments, which I think that's coming at some point, that, I mean, that right now, that thing will give you an upper hand just because you got that trolling motor on the front and the motor on the back. Um, and it's and just love, big. It's just big. But it's it's to me, it's like, that's not a kayak. That's just a small, that's a small plastic jumbo. That's, it's, that's what it, it is. For me, it's not worth giving up this. I would rather have the speed than the stability yeah. and the to be able to bring the uh, capacity. But I also love that kayak because you can put wheels on the side and they just you bolt them down and man, you're good to go. Like no. Hobie, it's like you're not even supposed to do it. It's yeah, no, for Hobie. it's such a hassle. They they need to improve their whole yeah. quality. It's but putting the wheels on a native, man, that's awesome. There's so many great things I like about it. I just, man, 
and I like so many people on team. I just wish they would have fixed it. Yep. I, I love the big bass power hour, the native power hour that they're doing. Natives doing a lot of great things. I just I can't get down. There's they should have fixed those things. That's yep. it. A couple of things that I want to talk about the new, and I forgot. God, let me see if I can look bit up the vibe. The, vibe has a new kayak, and I'm not talking about the inflatables. I could care less. I didn't review it. I didn't even ask about the inflatable because that's not my jam. So apologize anybody thinks that we're going to be talking about their inflatables. We are not. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm, I'm sure they're great. I just don't care for inflatables, stand-up paddle boards for fishing. So, But they did bring, and like I mentioned, I wanted to get into um, a small, God, I'm going through the Vibe uh, website here. But I wanted, I've been trying to get, why do they have those stupid pop-ups here? Sorry about that, guys. I've been trying to get into um, uh, river fishing in skinny waters, and you, you, I've you I saw get Diablo, man. Um, I tried. It's nice. I tried it, but it's yeah. I'm not. I had an Amigo. It was it was a great boat for real. Yeah, yeah, maybe, but I just yeah, no, I yeah. it's not my thing. But my my internet is 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 super. So, but the I think it's the Makana hundred. It is priced. I think this is the one I, I use. So, and if it's not, then I'm making a fool of myself here. But let's show it. Um, it's their entry, kind of like to compete with the Bonafide River and the Crescent Sholey. Um, and I was I liked it. There are some things that I was like, yeah, I'm not completely sold on this. Share screen. God, it's like the first time using this application. Um, so what I thought it was interesting is you can have all three uh, ways to move. Well, four. You can have a paddle. You can have their, you know, um, version of a fin. You know, once the patented for the original not, Turbo Fins. Non-reverse. Yeah. yeah. Not, so, the yeah. Once that patent... Uh, for uh, uh, expires, they'll the add the reverse. So yeah. the, what they're doing, so what Vibe is doing with their pedal fin drive is they just, they just, you know, as um, as the uh, Hobie patents expires, they're going to start, now they can start, you know, implementing. So they have like their first version of the Hobie drive in their ones, in their, kayak so it has the option to add that it has the option of just see you know covering that hole um and just paddle so that's the second one it has the option i didn't know this they also have a propeller drive which i didn't get to test so i'm not going to talk about it it seems kind of funny it looks like it's kind of like a unicycle style but ooh, instead of ooh, having ooh. a wheel underneath it has the propeller but it looks like a unicycle again i haven't tried it so i'm not going to talk about its performance that's exciting and what's the other thing? And then I think you can add a motor in it. I don't motor. Know, so they has all of them. I don't like if I don't understand why you would have like to me, it's like you you're jack of all trades versus being the master of something, like the master of none yeah. in this case. Yeah. You know, you don't have the best spin drive, you don't have the best uh propeller drive so but you can interchange i don't if if i'm if you're gonna charge me more for the design of that to have both then i think that's a waste of time um but 
or waste of money. But anyways, the I like the design. It is. It feels kind of like a like a like a cross between the Crescent Sholey and the and the Bonafide River One One Nine. But it has a lot of things that I liked. Um, and I have a video coming up on it that you can watch on my YouTube channel when it comes out. I'll, if you follow me on social media, I'll put the links when it comes up. But that's another one that I got caught my eye. I still don't think I would pick that over um, the River 119. But, I mean, it does give you the option, the flexibility that it's a good, it seems like it's a good river kayak if you just pedal on it. I mean, if you just paddle on it. Yeah, but, but then if you decide, it. if you decide, you, you, hey, I want to do a little bit more deeper water, I can. You can add the pedals to it, uh, the fin you, drive. You can't drag it because the if you go over any kind of rocks, they'll get caught up on that drive hole. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. That's that's why I'm not completely sold on it. Um, the other one that I was really interested and in, I was thinking about getting that one because it's a little bit cheaper than the. Um, River 119 is the, and let me, whoops, I almost locked myself out of here. It's the Bonafide Skiff 117. So that's, in, and again, that's kind of interesting to me how Bonafide are just like really, really becoming like the Swiss army knife of kayak fishing. You know, now, especially now that they team up with um, with the natives. So now they have the propeller yeah, adventures. Yeah, they have it, the it, propeller drives, and now they have the so the skiff is really it seems cool. kind of like a Diablo to me, like the Diablo Amigo. But yeah, it's it's that it has that yeah. um bottom hull design, which is great. By the way, their website is killer. Look at that thing. Yeah. Um the it the bottom hull design is stable. I mean bonafide are probably the most stable kayaks out there. Yeah, it does I had one of them too. <laughs> it the problem is they don't track as well now they did have that uh you see it on the video that um retractable yeah, yeah. skeg i don't know how great that retractable skeg is hey, gonna help yeah, out but i'm sure you know, it will. and that diablo i you put down the little fin the little skeg in the back and it it surprisingly was amazing it made oh, no, it the diablo amazingly tracks super straight. well yeah oh yeah yeah once you like you're super um you know able to move without it down you put that stupid little thing in the water and now it's like track straight as an arrow so i'm it's crazy how much a little bit a little skeg can do for you yeah so this i mean it's really designed for like uh ponds yeah pond up well ponds backwater creeks, backwaters yeah. mm -hmm. um brackish waters you know where you don't have to deal with a lot of tides or anything this is not the type of kayak you want to go through rapids though yeah. That you know, and, and the reason is like if you think like, well, what's the difference between that and the 119 um river? Basically, it's the whole design now at at both ends, you know, on the whole design for the river 119, it's kind of like the predator uh for PDL, like it has that cut design at the front, and then it's lived like the edges of it, it's like lifted, it's like the the top edge, you know, the front edge, the bow is kind of lifted a little bit, it's angled towards the top and the bottom yeah. end as well. And it costs well. This one is more flat. So it's not it, if you try to shoot rapids with this, you're probably gonna get a lot of water. Yeah, but too, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm sure for uh like the Diablo, it would be it's gonna be good for a heavy guy where 
you don't want all the weight of a giant boat, but you want the stability. You know, sometimes like the Crescent Ultralight is just way too tippy or the yeah. new, new canoe flint is they're just too tippy for a heavy guy. But uh, Diablo Amigo, this, there's a couple others that, you know, for heavier guys that also want to do Creek stuff who also don't want all the weight of a heavy kayak, it's 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 probably also going to be great for that. So, yeah. Just so it, it's interesting. I thought about it. And bona fide um, seats are comfortable. So yeah. yeah. I'm still thinking. And the other thing is the rod storage, like for that one, um, the, you know, the River 119, you can put the rods in the middle, uh, you know, in the middle, and it can fit up to I think like a seven two rod without going over the bow. This one doesn't have that. You can still put them on the front, but it's not doesn't have that hole design where you can lay them down. And I don't think, if I remember correctly, I don't think it has that hole design for the for your catchboard. So if I'm going to use the river for tournaments and skinny water tournaments, I kind of prefer to have that river one one nine because it has the ability to put the the um, the uh catchboard you know and and i mean credit to bonafide man they do they find like the little things i mean their whole design for stability is amazing again they they're not the best yeah they're not the best at tracking their kayaks but or the kayaks tracking but they're super stable and they do the little things so one of the things that i liked about it is on the river 119 you can put the the catchboard holder so the catchboard holder is designed, and I've said this on my social media, when I'm on my PA-14, I always have that rod kind of like, not the rod, the catchboard, kind of like on an incline. So when I put the fish, it, the weight of the fish goes towards the bump board. So that tries to keep the fish mouth closed. So they have that design where you put the catchboard, and the catchboard is going to be like inclined towards uh, the bump board. So your fish is going to be naturally, you know, sliding towards that bump board. It helps you keep that mouth closed. Um, and it also, it's still high enough where you can put the rods underneath. So one of the things that I I, I was torn about the question surely is like, if you have the rods laying on the deck, then, and you have the board and you're fishing on a tournament, you're kind of screwed because now you have to take all, if you have four rods, you have to take the rods out so you can put the fish on the catchboard and then release the fish and then put the rods back. So oh, okay. where are you gonna put all those four rods? Are you like to me that that's a new nuance that I'm not a fan of. And again, this is designed by by Drew sure. Gregory, one of the best at it. There's not not throwing um any shade at the Crescent Shoulder. It's a wonderful kayak. I'm just saying the bona fide. They took that in consideration. They're like, well, we still want you to be able to leave the rods on the deck and not have to remove them while you're putting the fish and taking the picture. That that little, little, little detail says a lot about their rod design, man. Whoever's designing, I mean, not rod design, their kayak design. Whoever uh, is they, designing yeah. their kayaks, man, they, yeah, need, to, they, need, to make, they need to make sure he stays on their team. If also, I was any other company, I would try to pirate that guy <laughs> because he is so good at those intricacies and nuances. It, it'd also be a great, um, if you also fly fish, it'd be a great kayak for that as well. The skiff? Yeah, this yeah, would the skiff, be yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, that for sure. Deck. So, yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure I have a lot of stuff, but we've gone on for now in 30 minutes. Yeah. So I'll leave it up to you what you want to do. I'm Thanks. sleepy. Let's go.
Let's do it. Let's end it right here before wake we get ourselves early. into trouble. I wake up at five every day. Damn. Yeah. Well, you want to take us to the promised land now? That's it. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> so lame. Thanks for being on, man. Who you? Who do you want to shout out? Shout uh, out. Douglas Rods, of course. Douglas. Uh, Fred Clintai. Um, Rods kind of got to spend some day and a half with those guys and Fred and talk about Rods. They have an amazing – by the way, for those fly fishermen, and I'm telling you right now, I own a Sky G fly fishing rod, and I use it for to – for the Brazos River to fish for stripers. Mm-hmm. That is one of the best. And it has won plenty of awards. Their Sky G lineup of fly fishing rods is amazing. And that's their DNA. Like Douglas rods, their DNA is fly fishing rods. Yeah. And their Sky G lineup, I put them up against any, any fly fishing rod. And I'm not a fly fishing rod expert, but... I've gone fly fishing with those rods, and I would ask somebody, some expert that's fly fishing. You can tell they're an expert because they're catching what they're, what they're targeting, and they got all the equipment. I said, hey, you want to try this rod? Let me know what it is. And they're always – the ones that hadn't tried it yet, they're always amazed how good their Sky G lineup of fly fishing rod is. So shout out to them. There you go. So. All right. Shut it down. See you all next week. Where your PFDs? Yeah, do it. I end the recording? Yeah, you got to hit it. Okay. (laughs) Got to hit it. That sounded really bad. All right.